Would you give a round of applause for Tori this morning? I am blessed to be here this morning. Aren't you guys blessed to be in the house of the Lord this morning? Well, I am, I am, I am excited about what God is doing, and I do like that. That's very cool. I think you're going to start a new trend. Um, I'm very excited about what God is doing, and today I'm going to share with you about what God is doing in the midst of Teen Challenge, and I know you all are familiar with Teen Challenge, right? Is there anybody in here that is not familiar with Teen Challenge? Excellent. All right, and I know you guys are familiar with Bloom, um, but you know, as I was praying for this service, the Lord really put on my heart to just share some things as well that have to do with the ministry of Teen Challenge, but also maybe the ministry that you need in your life right now too. You see, it's a season of hope, right? It's a season of new beginnings. I love the name of your Christmas Eve service. I will be praying for your Christmas Eve service. The thrill of hope. And that's really what this season is all about. It's about hope. And so this morning I want to share with you about hope, but first I have to share with you why we need hope. You see, the culture that we live in, especially when you're talking about teenagers, it's, it's a scary culture. How many of you are over the age of 30? How many of you are over the age of 40? I'm going to stop at 40. Because then I have to give away my age, too, so I don't want to do that. <laughs> you know, it's a different culture than the one that we grew up in. This culture is what's happening, we just catch a glimpse of. And it seems upside down, right? What's happening in the world seems upside down. And we scratch our heads and we think to ourselves, oh, my Lord, you must be coming back soon because the signs are all there. The frightening thing is that our young people are being lied to every single day. It's a culture of lies. It's a culture of distortion. It's a culture of deceit. And in New England, um, I've never seen it like it is here. For 20 years, I moved from Arizona. And um, I was telling your pastor earlier this morning, so um, people always say, you moved from Arizona to New England. Well, there's a story behind that. You see, I was... I have been with Teen Challenge for almost 20 years. I was the director of an adolescent girl's home in Arizona, and I was sitting at my, in my office in July, keep that in mind, um, when my phone rang, and it was a dad of a 15-year-old daughter who was addicted to heroin. And the adolescent girl's home in Arizona was the only short-term Teen Challenge program anywhere in the entire country. All the Teen Challenge programs, whether it works with youth or adults, are anywhere from 12 to 15 months. Most of the adolescent programs are 15 to 18 months. And out in Arizona, we had the only short-term Teen Challenge program, three to five months. And I was talking to this dad on the phone who was desperate and looking for help, and, and um, I was explaining the program, and he said, wait, let me make sure I understand this. My only options to get my daughter help through Teen Challenge is to send her away for 15 months or send her 3,000 miles away. He said, I'm calling from Cape Cod. And I said, well, those, yeah, those are your options. He said, no, they're not. And he hung the phone up on me. And I knew somewhere I had already fallen in love with New England, but I knew somehow I was going to end up here. Now, let me tell you, it's easy to hear God calling you from Arizona when it's 120 degrees out. We moved the following February to New England. 
you know you are being an obedient servant when you move to New England in February. Um, but we love it, and, and we moved here with the express purpose of starting this home. Because he was right. I'm a parent. I can't imagine being faced with the decision that that dad had to be faced with. That in the midst of all of these things that are happening in our culture, his 15-year-old daughter had gotten involved with heroin, and here he was thinking, I have to send my baby away. Now, as a parent, to what extent do they have to, how desperate does it have to be to send them away for a year or longer or 3,000 miles away? So this coming January, the Bloom Home will be open three years. We opened up, it's amazing. We literally had nothing. <laughs> we had nothing. We started from scratch. We had nothing. But God wanted to serve New England through the Ministry of Teen Challenge. And so since that time, we've had almost 40 young ladies graduate our program. And it's important because I don't know if you know about New England, besides your drivers being crazy, okay? That was the biggest culture shock I had, was not the snow. It was that you can be driving down the freeway at 75 and somebody is still tailgating you. I don't get it. Um, but New England has some of the worst drug problems in the entire country. The statistics are staggering. It's terrible all over the country, but here, I'm convinced it's because this is where revival is going to hit. It's going to start here. Amen? But it's okay because where there's darkness, we know there will be light. But the statistics are staggering. We see drug use at unparalleled rates. We see teen pregnancy at unparalleled rates. But the thing that's most concerning to me, because you see Teen Challenge is known for their drug and alcohol addiction services, and that's, that's who we serve. But you know what? Not every young lady that comes into the program has, ever, has tried drugs and alcohol. Some of them have been abused. They've been neglected. Some of them have been exploited. Some of them have lost hope. And you know what happens when somebody loses hope? They do desperate things. The suicide rate in our country has exploded. Last year alone in the state of Massachusetts, there were over 630 young people lost to suicide. Why? Because they lost hope. So I want to talk to you this morning about hope. Because if we lose hope, we lose everything. Most of the young ladies that come into the program haven't tried suicide once. They haven't tried it twice. They haven't tried it three times. They've tried it four, five, six times. Most of the young ladies that come into Bloom, this isn't their first program. This is their second, their third, their fourth, their fifth program. I like to say this is the last program they'll ever enter because this isn't about teaching them how to cope with whatever circumstances come their direction. It's teaching them how to hope in Jesus Christ. And it's easy to lose hope when we see the struggle of people around us, when we see the struggle that happens in our culture. It's easy to lose hope sometimes. We see the state of things. We get discouraged. I take 500 
phone calls a year from parents. It's the average number of phone calls we have every year. And I personally speak with them. And my heart breaks because they're desperate. They've exhausted all of their resources. Their insurance has run out. They don't know where else to turn. And so they call us. And I listen to their stories. And their stories break my heart, just like that dad did that called me in the summer of 2015. And I have to tell you, in listening to their story, if I didn't know the end of the story, I would get discouraged and lose hope too. But here's what I know. I know that God is able. I know that Jesus is the answer. He's not an answer. He is the answer. Amen? Hebrews 11.1 says... Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now hope is hope and faith is faith. And hope is not mere imaginings, but it's a genuine expectation that God can and do what we hope for. For parents, it's they're hoping that their daughter will stay alive. For parents, it's they're hoping that someday they're going to walk their daughter down the aisle. They're hoping. They're confident that God can do it. But sometimes they're just barely hanging on. Hope is so important. As I was praying for this this morning, you know, hope, it, we've got to grab hold of it and not let it go. I am confident that there's at least one person here who is hoping for a loved one to get out of the darkness that they're in. That there is somebody, at least one person here, who is hoping for a family member who has rejected Christ to turn to him. This is a season of hope. And there's the thrill of hope. Don't give up hope. Why? Because when God finally does what it is that you are confident that he can do, it turns into faith. Right? When you see him do it for somebody else, you go, well, God can, he did it for them. Which is why testimonies like what you're going to hear today are so powerful. Because maybe you're going to hear a testimony, you're going to think, well, that's my niece. Sounds just like her. And look what God did for her. So God can do it for my niece. And it becomes faith when you start to see it happen. A lot of times I'll, I'll share about uh, the, the man, Jairus, and he was approached Jesus, and he was asking for his daughter to be healed, and he was asking Jesus to come and and heal her. You know, in the middle of that story, he gets to see the woman with the issue of blood healed. Not coincidence. You see, he was hoping that his daughter could receive a healing. Guess what? On his way, he got to see what Jesus could do, and it gave him faith that Jesus could do it for his daughter, too which he was going to need because his daughter died. Now he needed a bigger miracle. So this morning, when you hear these testimonies, start claiming this for your loved ones. Now, Bloom is a little unique. 
How many of you know teenage girls are a little unique? How many of you have had teenage daughters? How many have you had like 10 at one time, all waking up on the wrong side of the bed? Anybody? Now you know how to pray for me. (laughs) We have capacity for 10 young ladies at a time. These young ladies are in the program for three to five months. And in that time, they're getting uh, Teen Challenge curriculum. They're getting biblical counseling. They're getting direct care 24-7. Just to give you some clarification, it's like if you took your congregation home with you. 24-7, we have staff that stays awake all night long watching over them and praying for them. Because let me tell you, if you have gone through horrific sexual abuse, 3 o'clock in the morning is when you're going to need prayer. So we have staff that is there 24-7 for them. But hope isn't found in those things. It's what makes Bloom unique. We are now one of a kind in the country. There is no other Teen Challenge program like us. I'm pleased to tell you that I'm getting phone calls from all over the country asking how they can start more short-term girls' programs. I'm waiting for them to call me and ask me how to start a short-term boys' program. Be praying for that. It's what makes Bloom unique, but that is not what makes Bloom successful. You see the young ladies that come in, they're coming from all different areas, all different environments, and I don't measure success the day they graduate the program. I measure it five years after they complete the program. Because how many of you know teenagers can be knuckleheaded from time to time? How many of you were knuckleheaded when you were a teenager? So they've got to walk it out. Most of these young ladies, they're coming from Christian homes. They're coming from youth groups. They're coming from churches. And yet there's something about their faith that they have to wrestle with for themselves because, you see, their parents' faith, their grandparents' faith, their pastors, their youth pastors' faith, that's not going to help them stand when they are confronted with real life. And so we teach them how to wrestle with the things of God. Hope isn't found in those things, though. It's only found in the person of Jesus Christ. That's it. If anybody tells you that it's a program, it's not. There are a lot of good programs out there. But there's only one God that can change everything in a moment. I'm going to ask Mia to come up and share. They said, there's value in testimonies. So as you hear Mia share, you know what? Maybe it's somebody in your life. Insert her name or his name and believe that what God has done in Mia's life, he can do in their life as well. So this is Mia. Hi, I'm Mia. I'm 17, and I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Um, So I came to Bloom angry. Um, Yeah, a little bit, (laughs) a little bit angry. Um, I came to Bloom broken. I came to Bloom um, just full of a lot of bitterness and resentment towards uh, my family um, and most importantly towards God. Um, I didn't think that God really cared about me because how could he put me through situations that I've been through and stuff like that. I've experienced a lot of trauma, a lot of abuse, um, and because of that, I turned to other things to try to fill that void, Um, drugs, alcohol. Um, I would sneak out, do all these things, Um, just a normal teenager, but 
Um, it got really bad when I was about, I was like in, going into high school, and um, I would see my friends do something, and I would be like, oh, that's cool, let's go do it. And um, it wasn't really, it wasn't really good for me, and I found pleasure in friends and in people, um, but I, I know now that um, I'm only here to please God, and um, God is why I'm here. So, um, so yeah. Um, uh, I've experienced a lot, um, a lot, a lot. And if it wasn't for God and his grace, I wouldn't be standing here today. Um, God is the reason that I'm here. And it took me a long time to figure that out. And a lot of people would tell me God really cares about you. God really cares about you. God's going to use you. Um, if you weren't worth fighting for, then how come all these people are praying for you? How come all these people are um, going out of their way to pray for you and help you? And I'm just like, I don't know. They just are crazy. They're just crazy. They're crazy, obviously. Um, but I came to Bloom, and this is actually my second time here at Bloom. Uh, the first time I um, came in January, end of January, and I left June in June. And I was, I was so, I was so thrilled. I worked through a lot of issues that I had to work through. Um, I got in the help that I needed, um, or so I thought. But I left still um, with a lot of denial that I didn't uncover. And so I returned um, at the end of July, and I'm actually leaving on Tuesday, um, so that's that's good. Amen. <laughs> so um, the my favorite part about Bloom, actually, I don't have a favorite part. I love it all. Like it's just it's amazing. Um, but I really like I really like the classroom and the work that I got to really put in the effort there. Um, it's not like normal math or science or social studies. I hate math. Um, but it's, it's, it's challenging. Like it challenges you um, with temptation. It challenges you how to avoid that. It challenges you how to deal with your anger and who your friends really are. And friends aren't people who are going to sit there and give something to you or shake it in your face and say, hey, yo, do this because it's fun. It's good for you. That's not what a real friend is. A friend is somebody who's going to love and discipline you and call you out on your stuff. And trust me, I did not like to be called out on my stuff. Woo! So, um, but God is good and God has um, kept all the time. He's good. Amen. Um, he has kept me accountable and I've had lovely house parents and even other girls tell me like, check your heart, and I'm like, whatever, but um, the classroom has taught me um, a lot, and I've gotten to uncover the denial that I had, and really um, look at the, look at what the addiction cycle is, and how to um, combat it, and how to um, take my thoughts captive, and practical steps to put into practice to um, just be successful. Like, I've, I've been given these tools before, but it's just applying them. And that is the most important thing that I'm going to take with me this time is applying the truth, applying the rules that I was given. Um, and most importantly, God. Like, God is, oh, God is so good. Um, oh, Jesus. 
Um, he just, he's brought me from the lowest of lows. And um, actually this time last year, it was very, very hard for me this time last year. And I, if you would have asked me, like, where, where do you think you'd be in a year? I would have been like, you know, doing some, st- doing some crazy stuff. But um, by the grace of God, I'm here today. And um, I'm leaving with, I'm leaving with truth. I'm leaving with God. And with God, all things are possible. And I've just learned to count it all joy because um, there is some stuff I'm going to go home to. There are some things that I still need to, um, that I still need to overcome and combat when I go home. I have a lot of, like, family issues and a lot of um, stuff that I have to deal with. But count it all joy because God wouldn't put that in your life for no reason. There's a reason for everything. Um, so, yeah, so thanks for letting me share. You know, it's, it's really, I don't know how long you've all been walking with Jesus. I've been walking with Jesus for about 36 years. Um, I was two when I got saved. Um, not really. Um, but, you know, the who is the easy part. It's Jesus. The what is easy. It's the salvation he offers. The how do we apply it is the hard part, and it's the part we overlook so frequently. How do you put off, renew your mind, and put on? Oh, these girls, how how do you be angry and sin not? These are the things that they're learning how to do. I'm going to have Olivia come and share. This is Olivia. This is her first time sharing. You ready? I think so. Okay. (laughs) Hi, I'm Olivia. I'm 14 years old. I'm from New Hampshire, and I've been in the program over three months now. I came to Bloom very angry, (laughs) Um, but also in denial about this anger. Um, There wasn't really one particular thing that led to my overall downfall, but it was kind of a gradual thing, and then in the end, I just fell. Um, This started over two years ago when my abuela passed away. I never knew how to grieve properly, so I held on to a lot of sadness because she was like my best friend, and I felt like I could talk to her about anything. Um, So it was really hard for me to overcome that. The next thing was um, I started getting older, and then I started getting harder work in school, and I wasn't completing it or understanding how to do it because I was never taught how to properly complete big tasks that I have. Um, So my parents wanted to get me tested for ADHD, But then a couple weeks before the appointment, I got into a skiing accident and I had a concussion and I was in a neck brace for six months. So at that point, I was unable to get tested because it wouldn't be accurate. Um, So after I was finally healed, my parents got me tested and I was diagnosed with ADHD. And over time, there were just multiple more appointments, multiple therapy appointments, And I started growing very angry towards both my parents, but especially my dad, um, because I felt like he was never there for me 
even though he was, and I was just really oblivious to it. Um, so since my mom would come to all the appointments with me all the time, I was always very angry towards my dad. So when I came to Bloom, the direct care was a huge part of my stay there. Um, they were always there to comfort me, even if I didn't verbally say what was going on. They were always there to give me advice and give me strip scripture whenever I'm facing any kind of trouble. And something I can rely on, I can rely on the truth from God's word. Mm -hmm. um, now I've learned that I no longer hear ADHD, depressed or anxious. I hear child of God, daughter of the king, and made in his image. After Bloom, I plan to grow my relationship with my family and trust that God has a plan and a purpose for my life. Thank you. I have the greatest job in the world. <laughs> I get to sit back and watch the creator of the universe do such incredible intimate work in the lives of young people. Whatever your situation, whatever your circumstance, whatever it is that you're hoping for, God is concerned with it too. And he can reach in and do it, even though it looks impossible, even though it looks insurmountable. I love what I do. Every single one of us needs to grab hold of hope. I'm going to have Michaela come up, and she's going to share briefly and, and um, share with you about an opportunity that we can pray with you and um, how you can get involved. This is Michaela. Uh, hello, everyone. Um, I'm Michaela, and I am a graduate of Teen Challenge Bloom. Uh, <laughs> um, it has... Oh, what am I doing now? Oh, I am an apprentice right now. Uh, <laughs> I have been here since August, and this is actually my last week as an apprentice. Um, and then I get to go home and finish school and go back to my responsibilities. <laughs> um, but it has, um, Bloom has been an absolute journey in my life. It has definitely been a season of just complete growth and complete, um, utter just transformation in my heart and just in my mind and just God showing me multiple things, whether it's relationships with my family or it's um, just really working on my heart issues and just showing me who I am and that my identity isn't in other people. It isn't in other things, but it's in Christ. Um, and I'm just, I'm so grateful this, to this program and um, I'm just so grateful that I'm able to be here and just able to give back. Um, so the two things I'm going to share with you guys, um, how many of you guys receive these at the door? Anyone not receive them at the door? Um, if you didn't, can you just raise your hand? Um, two of our girls are going to run around and um, pass them out to you. Just raise your hand if you didn't get one. So these are our prayer cards. So on the, what's this last slide? On one of the sides, it's, there's information, uh, like a section for you to fill out all your information so we can kind of stay connected with you. And just, um, we'll send you guys newsletters, kind of let you guys know what's going on in the house, whether it's a specific need that we have, um, or just something that like, we're letting you know um, kind of what the Lord is doing through this program. 
Um, on the other side, there's another section for you guys to write your prayer requests. And that's just for us to give back to you guys, for our girls to give back to you. Um, again and again, the community is giving to us, the church is giving to us, and just blessing these girls in the house. Um, and we just, we love to give back um, with prayer um, and just being able to lift you guys up and just thank you for what you guys are doing. Um, the next thing um, is our resident sponsorship information. So that's... Um, extremely important part in getting girls like me and girls like um, here, uh, getting them through the program. Um, our parents aren't asked to pay the full price that it covers for the program. Um, and these are so important in, in changing lives. Um, so it's uh, $30 a month um, for 12 months, or you can pay today for $360 and get uh, like a free duffel bag. Um, again, this is, is so important um, just in changing lives and just continually seeing the growth um, in each and every one of these girls. And just in, it's, it changes lives. Jesus changes lives. And we can't, we can't do it without your guys' help. Um, but if you want to come back to the table back there and um, whether you want more information or just to grab a pamphlet and um, pray over it, um, whatever you'd like to do. But um, I just want to say thank you for having us. Um, And let me put that in perspective, because um, I know you're familiar with the adult programs. And the adult programs, if you've gone to the malls, they're there at the malls, and they're gift wrapping, and the men are out there, and they, they do storefronts and all of those things. These are young ladies under the age of 18. So um, we are licensed by the state of Massachusetts. The actual cost for us, for every young lady that is in our program, is between eight and $10,000 per month per student. Yes, that is exactly the look that I have every month when I go, what? Um, <laughs> it's, and if you figure, I didn't know that babysitters now make $15 an hour, which is more than what my staff makes. Let me put that in perspective too. These are selfless, sacrificing women of God that are there. This is ministry. But if you were to hire a babysitter for $15 an hour to watch your child for 30, 24 hours a day, for 30 days, it would cost you $10,800 for the month. That would not include biblical counseling. That would not include education because they can get 7 to 15 credits for school. It does not include meals. It does not include any of that. So we're a bargain price. We don't ask parents to cover the full amount. In fact, I'm going to have the young ladies come up and get ready for their human video. The reality is that this parents need to invest in their daughters but I'm committed to raising whatever parents can't. And the reason why I do that is because 36 years ago, 36 years ago, hold on, I'm doing the math. It starts getting fuzzy. When I was 16 years old, I was a student at the Adolescent Girls Home in Tucson, Arizona. I had never heard the gospel message I had never been presented with the opportunity to meet my Savior until I walked through the doors of Teen Challenge. It was there that I gave my life to Christ. I'm passionate about this because I know he's no respecter of persons. What he has done in my life, he will do in theirs. And I will do whatever I have to do to make sure that they have the same opportunity that I had. And so it's your opportunity to become a part of what God is doing. And so... 
They're going to bless you now with a human video that they prepared. I will tell you, one of the greatest lies that the culture tells us is the identity. Have you noticed the whole identity thing is, is getting all stirred up? That's because if the enemy can confuse us about who we are and get us off track, then we'll believe anything. So the most foundational parts of our identity are under attack right now. Well, these young ladies are going to tell you what it really looks like.